All right. Hey, welcome to the Backyard Professor Live Sunday Night Firesides. And tonight, it is quite miraculous that I am even here. <laughs> I am just getting over COVID. God, my hair looks like heck. I tried to put myself together. Holy Toledo, I look like hell. Hell, that's not, nothing else is new. Anyway... It has been a rough week. And, of course, I survived it, so that's okay. It's all good. So how's everybody doing? Mark Crispin, yeah, you're the first one here, all right. So I hear you're bucking to become my assistant, Mark. We may have to talk about that. I could use all the assistance I could need, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. That's what I'm, hey, COVID didn't knock down my yeah, baby. Yeah. You know, you can knock me down, but you can't keep me down. I come back. Hey, Lorena, good to see you. Yeah, I, I made that song myself in my garage band, Lorena. Isn't that fun? That's one of my better ones. So I love tinkering around with music in my garage band, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, JB, maybe. Yeah, yeah, me too. But yeah, I had COVID, and uh, we're we're slowly recovering from it. But uh, I've been out all week long, so it'll be an interesting night tonight for sure. Hey, Dan. Dan Vogel, good to see you again. It's always good to see all of you guys. <sighs> yeah, baby. <laughs> I got to do that. Yeah, baby. I don't know. You know, I don't even know why I dared start that noise, but I did. So uh, tonight, I'm going to be honest with you. I uh, I didn't get a lot prepared this week. <laughs> Gee, I don't know why. You know, but I did, I did acquire some new books from two new authors that uh, some of you in my audience have been recommending that I begin looking at. And I can't remember who told me to get these, but oh my gosh, they are fabulous. And I will be doing lots of podcasts on lots of this material too. It's going to be a very good, uh, and, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you some of the new books that I have acquired that I can stuff into my backyard professor bookcases back here. I'll move aside some of the stupid old farms crap from Lou Midgley, who couldn't say anything nice if he had to. And uh, some of those former people, I'll uh, move them aside for this new information. I'll, I'll start showing it off here in a couple of minutes. but. So, yes, BYP <clears throat> defeated COVID. Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Watch. The, the opening segment will show that where I'm grimacing and people are going to go, yeah, what a moron. What a raven lunatic. COVID got him brain. Got through his brain. Yeah, well, lots more has damaged my brain than COVID. <laughs> ah. Hey, Alisa, uh, yeah, I thought I saw you. Can't keep my BYP down. Thank you, Alisa. No, I'm and Peter Higgs. We are doing well. Oh, man, I'm sorry, Peter. I was just saying I'm just getting over it. Oh, crap. COVID down under for you, too. Huh? Uh, I've heard, and I'm telling you, gargle with mouthwash one minute three times a day, morning, noon, and night. Uh, and that will help keep it from getting deep down into your lungs or whatever. It might just focus it more on your sinuses. And uh, I had aches and pains. Don't try to fight the fever. Let the fever take over is what I was told. Here I am pontificating like I'm a COVID expert. I'm not really, but uh, so uh, try to, Try to gargle three times a day, morning, noon, and night, if you can, with mouthwash for a minute at a time, and that helps control the COVID. And then take lots of vitamin D and lots of zinc. Yeah, really, truly so. And, uh, okay, dart, 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 sorry, my 
you know, not only do I have COVID brain, I've got COVID eyes. <laughs> Is my snot showing in my nose? I hope not. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I do, uh, Peter. I, even with COVID, you could probably trounce anyone from Farrah. Yeah, I could do that with half my brain tied behind my back. I'll pull a Rush Limbaugh on, the, on you there. Woohoo! I hope whoever it was that recommended I look up a couple of these authors show up tonight because I would truly seriously like to thank him. And I'll get into that once it gets to be six o'clock right now. We're just bumbling around. And I think tonight I'm just going to bumble around and talk with you, my audience, and we'll, we'll just have a, a free for all tonight. I mean, I've, I've got kind of somewhat of a really cool idea that actually ties in with this one author that I have been reading. Uh, that I've just acquired new information from, new books. And uh, so I'm really excited about that. So, I mean, I could give you some intellectual stimulation. Yeah, we live to intellectually stimulate ourselves so that we can philosophize beyond the realms of stupidity. Yes. Mm. Uh, my philosophizing is more or less just do good, be well, have fun, be good neighbors, drink your coffee so you wake up, have lot, drink lots of water, and gargle with mouthwash. <laughs> now there's a philosophy, right? Yeah. Okay, Doug Vincent, how you doing, Bubba? All right, welcome here. It looks like we're getting a crowd. Four likes already. Thank you. Four of you are way too kind, but I appreciate the sentiment. I do appreciate it. All right. We're going to have a, uh... hey, you know what? This is, listen, listen to this. We're going to have a free-for-all brawl. Poetics? Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Look, it beats roses are red, violets are blue. I'm doing fine. How are you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's knock off the fake poetry, shall we? You know, Trump complained about fake news, though he spouted off more than was ever told to him. And I'm not going to do fake poetry. So that's the way it is. Hey, Anthony, how you doing? Welcome to the group. Uh, I've seen some of your fair vids. What of all your apologetic videos make you cringe the most when you think back on the approach or stretch you were making to make it work? That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Anthony throws in the first curve. Hey, Tim Rathbone. Welcome, Tim. Good to see you. Uh, Tom Miller. How you doing, my friend? Patty Cake. How you doing? Smash that like button. You're yeah, here. I'll smash the like button with my dumb luck. It'll kick me off the channel. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Back to Anthony's question. That's good. Uh, makes me cringe the most. You know, I really haven't looked. <sighs> That's a good question. I haven't really looked at the old fair videos to see what makes me cringe. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if I'd have that reaction. Uh, kind of interesting, isn't it? Uh, not so much cringe as, well, I I now know what I was doing uh, that 
led me into the error of my ways for which I have steadily and slowly trod upward into the realm of repentance and metanoia, uh, changing my mind. That's the Greek term for repentance is to change your mind, not go confess to your idiotic landlubber, uh, lazy learner church leaders. No. Metanoia means to change your mind, to come up with a better approach, uh, to not stay stuck in the rut. You know, if Mormons properly repented, the church would have no members left. <laughs> right. But don't tell them to study the Greek on that. That'll scare the hell out of them. And then he won't know where to go to church at. Right. As if they think they need it. I suppose some do. But yeah, I don't think cringing is the right one. I'll ponder that and get back with you, though. That, that's a great question. I suppose it would be using some of the, uh, I'll bet you the ones that will bug me the most, though, I'll, I'll project a little bit here, will be the ones where uh, I was simply regurgitating the uh, the apologetic arguments on the evidences for, say, the Book of Mormon or defending Hugh Nibley's approach to the book of Abraham. I'll bet there's some of that stuff that <laughs> I don't know if it'll make me cringe or if it'll make me laugh. <laughs> Probably a little of both, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tom Miller. Good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. All right. Hey, Issa Morris. Good to see you. Good evening, my friend. Yes. And Dirt Dark. It speaks to BYP's integrity that he keeps his apologetics up for everyone. Integrity. Oh, dirt, dark, quit. You're embarrassing me. All right, tell me more. Come on, to feed to my ego. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Uh, well, I mean... Hey, Joseph Smith said, I think it was in volume seven or volume four of the history, uh, by proving contraries, truth is made manifest. So by leaving up my old apologetic and then presenting my new uh, response to that apologetic based on actual knowledge and real research of the issues and the evidences, instead of just defending people's opinions, then you get to see and compare and contrast. So yeah, in a way... <laughs> Isn't it crazy? It's almost self-serving to leave up my old apologetic materials. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun, though. But thank you. That's very kind of you to mention. So many cults, so little time. <laughs> right, Tom. Tom Miller. Yeah, buddy. You hit that one out of the ballpark. Hey, I see another name. John Rosbarski. Hey, good that you made it on time. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, you're on time, even if it's 8.45 and I'm already done. That's plenty of time. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh, Teresa Pittman. No, you're not late. Calm down. Welcome. No, you're good. Jump on in and join the fray. Tonight, we're going to have kind of a free-for-all ramble. Uh, I'm just getting over COVID, and uh, for those of you who got here late, I've had COVID all week, and... <sighs> I tried to put myself together and I look like living heck, which is typical par for the course. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't really get something prepared formally, although I do have a couple of cool ideas. I'm going to share. Uh, let me go ahead and describe these two authors that I have just recently found and 
purchased books from. Thanks to some of you. I don't know who you are. I would appreciate it if you would speak up in the chat if you're here tonight for recommending uh, these authors to me. Uh, I believe it was during my, uh, let's see, it was the discussion about the Freemasons. Uh, and and that was fun stuff, wasn't it? That, that was pretty cool. I might do some more on that. But uh, Newton Lemnos, goodness, Lemos, sorry. I don't mean to mispronounce your name, I promise. Hello from Brazil. Oh, thank you, my friend. You are wonderful. Welcome from Brazil. You're welcome on my channel anytime, amigo. You betcha, baby. Okay, so uh, whoever recommended for me to find a gentleman. Oh, let's see. One, two, three, four. I purchased four of his books. I'm going to try to pronounce his name correctly. I don't know if I can or not. Algis Uzdavinis, U-Z-D-A-V-I-N-Y-S. Now, this is one of his books, The Golden Chain. And this one kind of got me excited. You can see I'm, I'm already started. There's my mark in the book. Uh, this is an anthology of Pythagorean and Platonic philosophy. Uh, he recently died in 2010. Doggone it, he was only 48. He's born almost the same time I was, but he was a much more accomplished philosopher out of Lithuania than I'll ever be. And uh, he is uh, he is a tremendous author, a superb intellect. One of you recommended that I start looking into him. Thank you. I am looking into him. I have several of his books, and I hope whoever it was, hey, Marcus, And they're Yeah, oh, cool. Tim Rathbone. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Randy Jordan, how you doing? Good to see you, my friend. I'm glad you're here tonight. And Mike Langley, good to see you. Anyway, uh, I'm just sharing some books of a new author. Uh, I shouldn't say a new author, a new author for me that was recommended. And I'm very grateful that to whoever it was that recommended. I also have Uzdavnis' uh, book, Ascent to Heaven in Islamic and Jewish uh, Mysticism. Now, I, I know we like to think that uh, only Christianity uh, had the theme of ascensions of the soul, and that's just not true. And Uzdavnis, I've been browsing through this one. That's going to be a fun one to read through. And then I have one of his big ones, which is really an important one. And I've got his other important one on the way, uh, philosophy and theurgy in late antiquity. And the idea of theurgy, his approach to theurgy is so fantastically interesting because he says it is a right of ascension. It is the way, one of the what do you say through the ritual techniques and stuff through the, uh, the repeated events of, uh, of getting together and purification and, and, uh, getting the soul in tune so that you can ascend to the deity, uh, Uzdavnis, uh, and then he's got philosophy as a right of ascension. And that's the other one that I've got coming in the mail. Uh, 
<laughs> we'll see. Hopefully I can get it either Thursday or Friday. But Uzdavnis, whoever, which one of you recommended this to me, I really hope you'll speak up so I can say thank you. Yeah, I know. I, I'm looking, I'm not looking forward to having long COVID. I hope I don't either, uh, Patty Cake. If I do, you guys will be able to laugh at me even harder when I get on here and make a fool of myself. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good, good. Guess his book's used to save money. Yeah, I do. That is correct. I buy all my used books used if I can to save money so that I can buy more books. Absolutely. There's no reason to buy a new book if you can help it. Uh, the Mythos of Transformation, Jacob Boom, Bame, uh, John Russell. Yeah, I would say so. Anything by Jacob Bame's worth reading. And then uh, Uzdavanis, The Orpheus and the Roots of Platonism. This was a great read. Uh, it's just a little short book. I, I read it just within just a few hours. And wow, that, that's some real good background. And of course, it shows me that I'm going to have to do a much more extensive study into ancient Orphism, which probably isn't as well known as anybody would like it to be. Uh, but we can do better. So anyway, uh, this is really fun. Uh, she's okay. Thank you, Dan Vogel. Uh, yeah, my wife got COVID after I did, but uh, I don't think it affected her as hard as it did me, which really surprised both of us. She's a tougher cookie than I'll ever be. So yeah, she's doing good. Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. So I think we're both on the mend. I'm still feeling somewhat kind of cruddy uh, off and on, you know, I still take naps during the day two or three times and, you know, it's taken away from my reading time and it's driving me crazy, but I do have to heal. So in the meantime, I'm still reading. So woohoo. Orpheus, the mythos of death and transformation. Thank you. I will get that. Yeah. The, the, the Orpheus, the Orpheus and the Pythagorean themes is basically the theme of Uzdavanus who uh, contends that Plato pulled from that ancient stream of mysticism and metaphysics and put together his philosophy. And then, of course, that went off into the Neoplatonism and all that. Some good stuff. The second author, <laughs> yeah, I will too, Patty Cake. <coughs> Excuse me. Heal thyself, BYP. Yes. So I did laying on of hands and heal myself. Wolfgang Smith is the other author. Now, this guy is real interesting. I don't know if I agree with his Christianity as such, with his interpretation of his Christianity, but this guy is no fly-by-nighter, and I'm not kidding. This son of a gun's the real deal. His authority is his incredible and vast knowledge of physics, of mathematics, and metaphysical philosophy. And he's calling for a revolution. He really is. He's serious. He is saying that science has turned into scientism these days, and we don't have to follow the scientism uh, which is destroying the premises of science because they've gotten dogmatic and they shouldn't. 
uh, it's no longer a self-correcting mechanism. It is a every, everybody jump on this bandwagon because we're right. No one else is. And Wolfgang Smith, look him up. He is incredible. Very interesting materials here. And I have his. Now, I'm looking forward to reading this one because I'm going to explore it from the Greek in the uh, the New Testament to see how well he does with the, the Greek analysis, the Christian gnosis from St. Paul to Meister, Meister Eckhart. And I'm really looking forward to reading his approach, his understanding of the various Christian mystics and uh, enlightened folks. Uh, these next two books. Now, Smith, there's a foundation. Uh, look him up on Google. Uh, there's a foundation that you can join. I have not joined it yet, but I have been reading in it quite a bit. I've been watching a few of the videos this week, and uh, he is really interesting. But this particular theme has really captured my attention. This is good stuff. I am not kidding. I, th I think I'm in a tendency to agree with him on this, the vertical ascent. Notice the cover, that icon. That is a crucial, beautiful icon that gives his overarching philosophy, astoundingly enough, the circle with the radius showing like that. That icon is a very powerful metaphysical platonic icon as well. Good stuff. And then his physics and vertical causation. Uh, I did, I have read this book all the way through. I couldn't put the silly thing down and I am very impressed. Although you have to read it a little bit slow. He's not overly deep. He is just deeply profound. And Wolfgang Smith is a name to look after and a study. I will eventually get both of these gentlemen, Uzdavnis and Wolfgang Smith's, all of their books uh, because they're worth reading. Yes. And, uh, oh, yeah. That's interesting, Teresa. Um, yeah, COVID took away my taste also. I can't taste very much right now. Although it's coming back. Yeah. I, I, a little bit at a time, off and on. So, yeah. Randy Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, time to talk about the important stuff like the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, you're right. I, I shouldn't deal with this kind of trivial bullshit that about physics and mathematics and reality and metaphysics and spirituality and all that. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Very good. Yes, it is, Doug. Doug Vincent. Absolutely. Science is awesome. Uh, the rum and coke would heal as much as the consecrated oil, so I'll take that one for 100, Randy. How <laughs> oh, you guys are discussing ways to heal me. I, I'm actually getting over it a little bit. Um, he believes the church, your friend. Oh, hold Russ. Welcome. Talking to my best friend who's currently a bishop. He believes the church doctrine supports the temple legend related to masonry that even Lucifer conceived Cain. Is this true? <laughs> wow. And he's a bishop, huh? Tell him to shut the hell up. He won't, don't be teaching that in sacrament meeting. I, I have, honest to goodness, never even heard that before. That shows you how out of the loop I am, right? Here I am pontificating on being an authority. The temple legend relating to masonry that even Lucifer conceived Cain. Is this true? I, 
Well, none of it's true. It's all mythology, but it's mythology with a purpose. It's got uh, symbolism involved that ties in with us as humans. But yeah, I, I don't, I, that is interesting. Very interesting. I'll look into that though. Yeah, absolutely. John Rosbarski, Meister Eckhart, The Summit of German Mysticism, but Eckhart should be read with Rushbroke. Rusbroke. Okay, I will do that too. Yeah, I need to get more Meister Eckhart. I'm not going to argue with that. I, I, have, I have read bits and pieces a little bit, and from what little I know about him, I'm deeply impressed with him. Ah, oh, it, it is a little bit, Teresa, my, my taste buds, uh, it, a little bit at a time. Yeah. But the advantage of not having taste buds now is I can eat all those icky vegetables that I don't normally like that are so dadgum good for me, like Brussels sprouts, right? The only way I can choke down Brussels sprouts is if you overwhelm them with pieces of bacon in bacon grease and cook them all together and then make sure there's a lot more bacon than Brussels sprout. <laughs> I hear they're real good for you. They're part of the kale family, of course, but uh, uh, anyway, yeah. Hey, JC, welcome. James Conger, there you go. Very good. Heal thyself, heretic. I'm working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try. Mike Langley, yeah, you probably could. Uh, that won't work, though. I'm already over it, so. Of course, then, then I could claim a fake miracle that the blessing worked, right? Oh, sorry if I get snotty somewhat. I am also stuffed up a little bit. And maybe that's part of why my taste buds haven't uh, come back in either. Satanism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Satanism. Um, I can smell a little bit. Uh, not bad, but I mean, off and on. So yeah, and smell is related to uh, to taste. All right. Yeah, and I'd, I've noticed something else too, Garth. Sorry, I don't mean to be gross. When when I can't taste very well, I can still. You can feel the texture of your food because you're used to eating that particular food, right? And so in a way, my brain is making up the taste. <laughs> I'm serious. Based on the texture of the food. It's, it's really interesting how the brain works that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, really kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Well, Doug Vincent, no wonder we get along since you hate Brussels sprouts too, but you should eat them because they're doggone good for you. It's in the kale family. So what I do is I, I've planted, uh, oh, a whole boatload of, uh, uh, chard this year. Yeah. And so I've done some chard. Hey, I ought to take you up and show you my garden. That might be kind of fun. I've done it in those great big 15-gallon sacks so that I have a mobile garden because my yard is too shady. And that way I can move them out into the sun and then pull them in the shade when I need to. Kind of fun. 
Lost from 32. Welcome. Yeah, no leafy green junk. Well, that's not true. Lettuce is very, very good. Charred sandwiches are absolutely delicious. I'm very blessed that I love spinach too. So I planted a lot of spinach. So anyway, yeah, get the man a box of tissues. Guess what? Patty cake. Woohoo! I've got tissues. Hold on. Blow my nose off screen, then that way I don't look so gross. Yeah. Here's to gross blowing of noses on live programs. Woohoo! Only here at the BYP channel. Crap, I blew my nose and now my ears are plugged up. I can't hear you guys. That sucks. I guess you'll have to pay attention to me and hear me. Yeah, baby. All right. Peter Higgs, hey, BYP, what is your opinion on the possibility of the church removing the book of Abraham from the doctrine, given the overwhelming evidence for it to be a fraud? Good question, Peter Higgs. I don't know. Um, I do know recently the new development is there's been several quite prominent LDS scholars now arguing against the quite prominent uh, Book of Abraham apologetic Egyptological scholars, apologists at BYU, and these LDS scholars are saying, we don't like the facsimiles at all. We don't agree with them. We think those ought to be removed, and we don't accept any of your ridiculous support of the facsimiles. You guys are just bullshitting everybody, and it's not impressing any of us anymore. Now, that's quite a development. <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite interesting to see the, now there is conflict and tension between the two sides, and they're all faithful Mormons. So I'm going to try to keep my eye open on that one. Uh, Royal Skousen, I believe, is the one who told John Gee and Kerry Mulstein to take a flying leap. Their apologetics just suck when it comes to the facsimiles, amazingly enough. Isn't that interesting? Fantastically interesting stuff coming out. So uh, we'll keep our we'll keep our uh, eyes open. Collard greens with some southern food sounds good too, according to Garrick J. Yeah, collard greens, all right. I think, yeah, baby, they're right there, Doug Vincent. Yeah, Mark Crispin. Yeah, you don't want COVID, Patty, if you can at all help it. Sincerely. Although I got to confess, I mean, it, yeah, it knocked me down for the week, uh, but I wasn't as achy and painy uh, for such an extended period of time as I was afraid I was going to be. I mean, yeah, I hurt for a couple of days and yeah, there was a couple of nights, I think Tuesday night and Wednesday night, I woke up every hour on the hour and had to get up and move around. So I, I didn't get a whole lot of good rest for a few nights, but now I think my body's just kind of uh, rebuilding itself back up because I am, I don't have the endurance. I've, I've got a lethargy to me that just, you know, I'm going to try. I, I haven't had a fever now for a day and a half or two. And my boss said, that's our company policy. If you, if you've been 24 hours without a fever, you can go back to work. So I'm going to try to go to work tomorrow and we'll see. Uh, depending on how my wife feels. And then I'll just, I'll periodically check in on her. And so anyway, I'm very fortunate. I've got a great boss and he's very nice to me. So, so long as the church doesn't replace the book Abraham with the book of Enoch. <laughs> yeah. 
Garrick. Is that your name, Garrick? Yeah, Garrick. Jay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, the Book of Enoch. Well, the Book of Enoch could be a little bit more realistic. At least we know it was a genuine pseudepigrapher from antiquity. Uh, Smith's translation of the Book of Abraham, we haven't got a clue where the hell he got that from. Although I have a suspicion I'm going to be finding out within a month when I get Joe Swick and Cheryl Bruno's book, Method Infinite, on the Freemasonry and the Mormonism. That'll be here in about a month. My advice is you go to Greg Colford Books and get your order in right now because that's going to be a hot book. They've been researching that baby for 20 years, and they are experts in that topic. So 600 pages. I'm looking forward to getting that one and doing some videos on. Just like I'm going to do some videos on... Uh, Wolfgang Smith's materials, and I'm going to do lots of videos on Uzdavanis's materials also because, I mean, this was this was part of my idea of jumping into the ancient mysteries. Now, both of these authors, uh, scholars, do explore the ancient mysteries, but that was why I was studying Mithraism so hard. The Mithraic liturgy is a jumping in point on the mysteries, and now I've got these guys that the gentleman Uzdavnis goes back way back, way before the Kabiroi in the ancient Greek mysteries, way before the Eleusinian mysteries, before the Dionysian mysteries to the, to the base of Orphism and brings it all forward. That shows the golden thread of the mysteries. So my Mithraic liturgy thing, I mean, that's like what, 200 AD. That's jumping right into the middle of the entire context of chronological mysteries coming down from antiquity, right? And Wolfgang Smith also discusses the ancient Gnostic metaphysical uh, mysteries from a New Testament subject, but he brings it all the way up to date right now into the quantum physics. And I, I think it's kind of a best of both worlds approach. I'm looking forward to putting together some stuff for you to give you some more stuff to crow about and say, hey, man, I like coming to this uh, idiot's Sunday night fireside. Did I see Radio Free Mormon here? Yeah, Radio Free Mormon. Welcome, my brother. Do I need a booster to watch this show? You need a booster, a mask. You need a full uh, fireman's outfit with the helmet and everything. Otherwise, I'm going to breathe on you and you're going to get long COVID. And then we can do shows together and show what brain fog is. I will call you Radio Free Real, and you can call me Backyard Dipwad. <laughs> uh, yeah, we need to do some shows together, Radio Free Mormon. I'm just saying, you know, I'm feeling neglected here. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, feel neglected then, dork. Yeah, okay. Uh, Garrick, uh, COVID didn't seem to affect my breathing as much as I was, I, I was afraid it was going to, and I was hoping not, and, and it didn't. So it more or less affected my overall energy. Uh, that's why I'm so calm tonight instead of so energetic is because I'm just wore out and I don't have the energy to continue on and on and on and on, uh, like I'm doing for the next, uh, four and a half hours. <laughs> COVID ain't going to beat me. I've got my beloved audience to enjoy myself with and share a couple of cool ideas. And COVID ain't going to win. Yeah, baby. Backyard professor shall prevail. Yeah. All right. 
Okay, good job, Doug. Which book did you order? Doug says he just ordered the book already. Very good, I promise. Doesn't matter which author and it doesn't matter which book, you'll like it. I've been browsing through all of them and uh, the, the physics and vertical causation is really interesting. I wonder if that's the one you're talking about. Mark Crispin, you're fortunate. Don't try to get COVID too. There's a YouTube advertised sitting above Chillbox called Quit Coffee. <laughs> Do not quit coffee. There is no way in hell I can make it without it. <clears throat> That's going to keep me awake all night long. Woohoo! Oh, hey, I want to shout out to uh, my friend Don Bradley. Called the other night, and wow, we had a long conversation. We were up till one in the morning. <laughs> Having all kinds of good stuff. So, yeah, if you're here, Don, welcome. Okay. Uh, hazmat suit. That was it, Mike Langley. That's what I was trying to tell Radio Free Mormon. Hazmat suit. Got it. Okay. See, Radio Free Mormon. He's always prepared for any contingency and emergency. The man is a wonder. And I'm not kidding. Sometimes I really do wonder about him. Ooh. Hey, you can get even with me on Wednesday night, RFM. <laughs> Smart Alec BYP. I am so doomed. All right. Yeah, I, I wore a hazmat suit several times when I was studying to be a health physicist. Oh, yeah, yeah, Teresa. Be very, very careful. Don't let your sister get it if she's high risk. Yes. There you go. That's the right approach. It's okay if you have to hide. I mean, we hid for two years. So, oh, I hope I wish your sister well, Teresa Pittman. I'm, I'm sorry to hear she's not doing well, doggone it. But yeah, don't, don't get her COVID, doggone it. Oh yeah, I didn't mean to cough on you. Yeah. All right, here we go. Doug's going to tell me which book. Doug, where'd you go? Oh, the Masonic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it's a, Coffee is a better mood booster than anything they offer, and that's why it's banned. <laughs> Elisa, <laughs> who knows why it's banned? Those guys don't even know why it's banned. Hell, they all drink it anyway. They're not kidding anybody. And it is definitely, it is definitely a mood booster. I'll, I'll testify to that. There's no question there. So that's good stuff. Oh yeah, good looking. Yeah, you, well, of course we all know you're good looking. You're the best looking guy in your room. <laughs> Notice I didn't say the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Byp, I ain't, I ain't got COVID brain yet, pal. Yeah. All right. Uh, do, 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 um, let me. One of the cool things is his description of the tripartite universe. Wolfgang Smith here in this book and in his other one. In, in several of them, he talks about this particular geometric diagram showing that there is a tripart cosmos out there. And it's really a unique, interesting approach because the number three 
again, here we go. See, you can find all kinds of fun parallels. Uh, but the number three is really an important metaphysical uh, number as well. And I was just reading in uh, Robert Lawler's Sacred Geometry book this afternoon on the reason why the number three is such a crucial number as far as the, not only the symbolism, but the actuality of the theme of the metaphysical approach with number three. Number one is the point, of course, infinite, dense, dimensionless, but everything starts with a point. And then you get the line from the point, the energy ray shoots out from the point and there's your line. Well, you can see it. It's the radius of the circle. There's the center and then the radius shoots out. That gets to duality. The line stretches. So now you have two, a point and a line. So it gives you space. And that now, of course, his, his diagram is the circle here. Uh, because he's comparing the idea of the compass, God with the compass, you know, it's a very famous picture, but the third shape that gives rise to surface is the triangle. Now, this is the tetractus of the Pythagoreans, right? The triangle with the dots, the dot on top, the two underneath, the three underneath the two, and the four. 10 in total, but on the third one, that's when you get your first true surface in the form of a triangle. And it is through the triangle that then physical manifestation can occur. Physical manifestation can occur through the triangle, which is the third, the three, Threeness, and I thought, well, Lawler, that's kind of a that's a cool insight. Sacred Geometry, Robert Lawler, very important book. I love that book. Uh, yeah, this is your brain on COVID. Woo! <sighs> anyway, uh, and then it, with that idea. Uh, not only is the cosmos in a tripart structure, but the idea, and I get this out of uh, one of my other favorite authors. I've had this book for years. It's one of my favorites. I've read it many times. Jesus Christ, Son of God. And notice how that is spelled. A very important theme, S-U-N, not S-O-N. And there is a metaphysical reason why that has to be in the early Christian metaphysics. Uh, we don't talk a lot about that today in modern Christian metaphysics, and perhaps we should. And of course, Mormons, they don't even know. They're not even interested in metaphysics. You know, They're too busy paying their tithing and obeying the brethren to even think, which is a travesty of wasted brain power. But, you know, that's how rusty the lazy learner Nelson Prophet wants it. So never turn down an opportunity to call Rusty Nelson a lazy learner since he's the idiot that accused the rest of us of being lazy learners for leaving the church. We left the church because we finally graduated past sixth grade level stupidity that Mormonism insists you stay on. Isn't that right, Radio Free Mormon? I loved your interview with John DeLynn on that. That was sensational. 
very good way to describe it. Yeah. Let me show you this. Not only, hopefully I've got this on right. Not only is the cosmos in a threefold nature, but man is the measure of all things because we are a microcosm of the cosmos. Now, we're the measure of all things only insofar as we reflect the principles inherent in what is called the celestial man of light. And this, they say, metaphysically, is a reflection of God. The proportions of the human body reflect these principles in an admirable fashion. And in the above illustration, notice the dots. This is the basis of the Kabbalistic Sephira on the tree of life. They are shown in their correct position, while the four circles, notice the four circles going through the man, those correspond to the elemental continuum of Greek cosmology. The upper three circles relate to the Pythagorean and Platonic division of the soul, the three worlds in man. There's that theme again that Wolfgang Smith talks about. Plato observes in the Republic, true self-mastery is obtained by bringing into tune just those three parts. Like the terms in the proportion of a musical scale, the highest and lowest notes, and the mean note between the highest and lowest. All of the intermediate intervals. All traditional cosmology. Humanity actualizes this function of mediation on the universal level. So what we do is we bind together intelligible and sensible, eternal and temporal mind and matter. Kind of fun, kind of interesting. And then the other the other aspect of this that shows the, uh, that's on Feidler, page 213. In case you have this book, Jesus Christ, Son of God. If you don't have the book, you really ought to get it. It's quite good. It's a 1993 book. It might be hard to find these days. Hopefully for your case, it's not. Here's the other, here's the other one that I think is just really stinking cool. This one, show, it's the same picture that I just showed you. And on the one side, you see the four layers, the fire, air, water, earth, because, of course, we are made from the elements of the universe, right? We literally are star stuff, essentially. But the three parts of man, the nous, the mind, and this is the idea of the desires and learning. And then the thymos is the soul. And this is where we have our passions. Uh, this is where you get mad at the church. You show anger, et cetera, for lying to us. So we have this proper thymos. Notice that it's right at the heart level. And then the emphema, the appetite, the desires, the pleasures of nutrition and generation. We get to do the pleasures of discussing historic truth out loud because we're no longer under the aegis of Mormon suppression. And so this is a pleasure and our appetite for truth has grown to where we can expand on that. This idea is the Pythagorean and Platonic concept of man as the microcosm of the macrocosm. 
Wolfgang Smith deals with the macrocosmic as well as the ultra microcosmic quantum area in uh, in several of his books. The Vertical Ascent. This is the next one I'm reading. I just started it, and uh, it looks really, really good. And that's brand new. I mean, it's Wolfgang Smith, 2020. You need to look him up. It's the, uh, oh, let's see. Yeah, the Philos Sophia Initiative Foundation. The Philos Sophia Initiative Foundation. Good stuff. Fun new reading for me, and I'm enjoying it. So whoever whoever told me about him to look him up, thank you very much. No one's come forward to admit it yet. So, uh, yes, that's true, Teresa Pittman. All human bodies do differ, but as a general basis for the symbolism in a generality, we all have two arms, two legs, you know, stuff like that. So, you're right. You don't get hung up on the details because we're talking of the archetypal symbolism, the basic background. You know, it's like uh, the Platonic idea, the form of the ideal chair in the ideal world. Yes, every chair has different characteristics. It might be made of different materials, could be painted a different color, you know, but every chair has four legs and you sit on it unless it's a modern chair with that central pivot with five legs going around in a circle, but we still call it a chair. So there, that's the theme, the archetypal stuff. Don't get caught up in all the differing details. So anyway, yeah. Okay. Uh, could be Garrick. Yeah. Yep, but that's one way. That's one way to depict it. That's true. Hey, Lamb Chop, welcome. The sun must be standing still again. Keep missing the start of the podcast. Well, I just act like a blubbering idiot at the start anyway, so you're not missing anything, Lamb Chop. No worries. Uh, actually, you're right. That is more Hellenistic than it is Kabbalistic. That's true. It's actually more Renaissance because that's where the theme, the picture itself came from. But yeah, yeah, Hellenism. That was a that was a real serious basis of the Christian and the Jewish uh, mysteries as they began to elaborate them and extend them and bring in more and more areas of study and comparison and research, you know. There is no such thing as an early, original, pristine revelation that is the correct one that all cultures must match or you're an apostate. That's that's organized religions thinking. That's not what we're dealing with in the mysteries. Oh, no, that's not coffee. That's pure ice water. And that's as good as coffee. Now that the coffee has woke me up, now you guys are really going to get in trouble. So. Hmm. That's true, John Rosbarski. Very good point. 
A mythos must be existentially oriented. We must be concerned about concrete existence and how symbols relate to that existence. Dude, you're going to love Wolfgang Smith. That That's his theme. No joke. Wolfgang Smith, look him up, man. You'll, you'll love this. Yeah. And, and I'm saying that really, truly much more out of ignorance because I've only read one of his books and I've kind of browsed the other ones, but I intend on reading all of them. I mean, he's written like a dozen of them. So over the course of the next six months, as I, you know, try to re regroup my money situation, get my bills all paid off and all that, then I will continue buying more and more of his stuff. Uh, but it, it is intriguing to me, which is why I wanted to share it with you, because I know you guys are past the sixth grade level of intellection and capability in our brains to get past the uh, two plus two is four stage in our learning. And let's let's get on with it and learn some more stuff. And let's let's have some hearty meals of really good intellectual rigorous analysis. And that's why you guys keep coming back here, because that's what I try to give you. Just like we keep going back to Mormonism live on Wednesday night with Bill Real and Radio Free Mormon. Yeah, because we're starving to death. And I'm hoping I can help share what I consider to be quality materials with you. So I mean, that's my justification for existing here, right? <laughs> Hopefully, I'm not wasting your time. If I am, I apologize. Just keep checking back with me. I'm sure to hit something interesting to say one of these days. So that's the way it works. All right. Yes, a mythos does have to speak about mystery. That's why I love the mysteries. And it doesn't matter from what era or culture. Uh, there is no one true culture giving the one true version of the mysteries. Actually, even the Orphics, all of them went back to the ancient Egyptian stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. That's cool to hear, Lamb Chop. Hellenism is still thriving in Melbourne. Good. Greeks are awesome. Get to know them. Yeah, no, seriously. Uh, study their language and their culture. They're they're fantastically amazing. Uh, no, I don't think he is, Patty Cake. Wolfgang is not related to Joe. Nope. So. Dan Vogel, the cognitive imperative equals chaos gives birth to myth. Uh, that's probably pretty accurate, huh? That, that is interesting. Uh, yeah, the human psychology with this could be really interesting on that score. Yeah, it's imperative that we, well, and myth is basically uh, the issue of giving stories, telling stories. You know, that was the real famous Merce Iliata and Ananda K. Kamara Swami. He was phenomenal with stories. And the man was a flipping genius. And of course, Joseph Campbell. He was the he was the popular one. Uh, but yeah, the chaos gives birth to myth, trying to sort out why does everybody see things so different than I do when we're all supposed to be unified, etc. And so we start working through it. Yeah. Very good point. Thanks, Dan Vogel. I love it when you bring up good points. You always bring up good points. You show off. 
<laughs> You're the one that should be here at the backyard professor's firesides Sunday night firesides talking, not me. You're much more knowledgeable than I'll ever be. So uh, others are haunted by the extremism and tangents off into esoteric discussions and interludes, according to Garrick. Jay, uh, could be. Heck, I'm probably guilty of that myself. Or is it me that you're talking about? <laughs> I get off on tangents sometimes because some of those rabbit holes are really fascinating and interesting. And you can learn a lot from jumping down those rabbit holes. That, that's one of my favorite things to do. So that's true. Tribal truth, Tom Miller. It, it is important to have group truth also, just not group think. And then recognize that you don't have to kill off every other group simply because they have a different view than you do. You know, that's the problem with our world today. You know, they say, oh, well, you're not a Democrat. Then I'm going to kill you. Or you're not a Republican. Then you're useless. You don't belong in our country. Get the, you know, the political divide. You know, the, the theme is divide and conquer. So we need to be careful in our country to not let those in charge enslave us by pretending someone who thinks differently than we do is the enemy. That ain't true at all. So anyway, yeah, I'm not here to talk politics. All of them are idiots, but you know, other than that, they're okay. So the, uh, come follow me. Sunday school material was offensive to me. The lazy learner lamb chop. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's almost like second grade stuff. It's uh, we can do better. Yeah. That's why I keep doing live sessions and because we can and must do better than that. And since the church doesn't seem to want to, then we will on our own and to hell with what the brethren think. They're not smart enough to follow us anyway. So, I mean, all they have is inspiration, right? We, we have actual knowledge. That's vastly more important. Oh, okay. Right, Mark Crispin. Very good point. Oh, well, thank you, Ash Lashram32. Sorry, my eyes are, I can't enlarge this, so I don't mean to mispronounce your names. Thank you for being patient with me. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. I, I do try to, that's for sure. Truth can be tribal, but mythos is universal. Excellent point, John Rosbarski. The existential situation that all people find themselves in helps to explicate the meaning of things. You have a great way of wording stuff, John. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, very good. And that's why I like to study uh, the different uh, inflections that different parts of the world bring to the group understanding. Uh, that's that's what makes other people's scriptures fun to read, right? The Bhagavad Gita, the Vedic literatures, the Upanishads, the Old Testament, Homer's Iliad and Odyssey, and the Greek Septuagint, the New Testament. It's, the scriptures are so much fun that way to cross-check and compare, you know. Instead, we get the church lamely and stupidly imbibing lazy learning by saying, oh, only study the approved church reading materials. <laughs> Give me a break. There's so much greater stuff to do. So, 
Boy, I'm on a rant, huh? You was describing Kabbalism before, Garrick. Okay, well, Kabbalism is good stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unknown is uncomfortable, so we create myths to reduce stress, Dan Vogel. Or else people are acquiring universal information through the archetypes, and they are expressing that as well. That would be Merce Iliada's approach. Yeah. This is now my Sunday school. Oh, thanks, Doug Vincent. Well, we're glad to have you in class. Now, will you quit throwing spit wads at patty cake and pay attention? <laughs> and stop pulling Dan Bogle's hair back there. You two are starting to wrestle too much. <laughs> uh. All of life is a becoming. John Rosbarski. Yes. That's the difference between becoming and being. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, I've got this COVID mess I'm cleaning up after it's stuck in my head. I apologize. I feel terrible about this, but I will get over it. Oh, what a fun night just gabbing. We are all becoming here, John. Good call, Patty Cake. That's a good point. We are becoming. We are becoming a little bit more empathetic. We are becoming a little more heartfelt, genuine friends with all of us here and others who don't see how we see things. We are becoming more intelligent. We are becoming more lightened, etc. Yeah, that's not bragging. That's not to boast about the group. It's just simply expressing that theme. Yeah, we are becoming. We actually do sometimes see a different and new perspective, and that helps us become even more. I love that. So, I mean, that's the way I look at it. So, oh, thank you, Doug Vincent. That is very generous of you. You are awesome. Yeah, Elisa. I love studying the Tao also. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's fun stuff. It's kind of crazy and wild. Yeah, the Chinese Tao Te Ching. There's another, see, I, I mentioned the famous ones, the, you know, the Vedic materials and the, you know, you got the Christian materials and the Jewish materials. And yes, the Mormon materials and all that. But the Chinese material, the Tao Te Ching. Um, I just recently, oh, hang on, here we go. Yeah, baby. I get to do the backyard professor thing and disappear for some. Sorry, Radio Free Mormon, but I've got a book that I want to share with you guys that I just recently purchased, and I'm thrilled to have it, but it's a real interesting text. Oh, I don't know if I can find it now. Wouldn't you know it? No, it's not Jewish nationalism. Where is it? No, it's not mushrooms demystified. Oh, no, I can't find it. Oh, I thought I had this book. Oh, I thought I was going to have an easy time finding this book on the Tao Te Ching. Anyway, I've got the new, for me anyway, new, oh, crap, I can't find it. Well, that sucks. I was looking into, in it the other day, and now I can't seem to find it oh shoot well hey i found my shakespeare that's close 
Anyway, it's a great big thick book. Can't remember who translated it. Oh man, that's disappointing. I thought I put it back. I try to keep stuff like that in a in a separate section in my bookcase so that I can find it. Yeah, so that I can I put it away so I wouldn't lose it and now I've lost it. That is just so backyard professor typical. <sighs> All right, let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people are unbecoming. <laughs> Good comment, Dan. <laughs> Dan Vogel for the score. Yeah. Hey, Goaty McGoatface, welcome. Turn the desks around. Hey, I saw that. Watch out. I'll stick you in the corner, pal. Yeah, baby. Hey, Pat10. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I I don't mind being a hoot. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> the Dow is in you. Actually, the Dow is you. You just that's one of the recognitions that you're supposed to uh yeah come to grips with. I'm not kidding. I swear I had that. Origins. Oh, that's a fun one. That is a fun one. You guys ever read that one by Eric Partridge? Origins of the etymology and origins of words. I love words. I suck at using them, but they're fun. But yeah, this is a great book. It's an old one, an etymological dictionary of modern English. Oh, but that is not the one I wanted. That gummit. I swear, I, I just had it the other day. Anyway, all right, well, that's enough looking for the lost. <laughs> Yikes. See, that just shows to go you. If you're going to look up stuff and you're going to take your books off your bookcase, put them back where they belong. I'm just saying. That is a little BYP wisdom. Dan Vogel will back me up on that. His library is probably as big as mine, and I'll bet you sometimes he misplaces books too, and it is maddening. Yeah. I know Radio Free Mormon has done that before as well. And Doug Vincent, you probably have too. Hey, Willie. Yeah, baby. Very good. All right. I know etymology is a fun subject, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Hey, I wonder, speaking of etymology, let me look up a, wor a word real quick in uh, Partridge. Let's see if he's got it. I'm just kind of curious about something. Hey, he does too. Here we go. All right. Mysterious. Let's look up the etymology of mysterious. Compare mysterial, mystery, mystic as an adjective, and therefore it's a noun, and that's whence mystical and mysticism and mysticity from the French, mystagogue. The rare mysterial derives from late Latin. Mysterialis, the secret, the mystical, 
The mysterious derives from the Middle French and French Mysteria. I don't know how to pronounce French, so. The French is from the Latin Mysterium in the late Latin, the divine secret, the divine secret. That's why it's a mystery, right? And the Latin Mysterium is merely a trend of Greek Mysterium. Yeah, I knew that. Itself akin to the Greek mystis, that is closed mouth. Isn't that interesting? Mystis is to be a closed mouth, and therefore you're an initiate into a religious mystery. It can also be a groan, moo, from moo, a groan, moo, par paragraph one, and the agential suffix istis, mystis, mustis. Yeah, muo, I shut my mouth and close my eyes. The Greek noun, the mustis, has derivatives, mysticos, mysticus, the middle French, mystique, the early French uh, mystique, and then it goes to the English mystic. The French mystère acquires somewhat arbitrarily in the 18th century the derivative mystifier, whence to mystify, etc. So that, that's kind of fun, huh? That's kind of so that's the etymology of mystery on page 423 and 424 of Eric Partridge's Origins, a short etymology of modern English. So there you have it. Yes, you're welcome. Boy, don't tell me the BYP's never done anything for you. Yeah, baby. That's what I'm talking about. So there you go, Doug Vincent, my good friend. Yeah, you like etymology? Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird, huh? Uh, Pat10. Aside from becoming, sometimes I am discovering the me I was forced to hide away to fit into Mormonism. I suspect that is probably an occurrence that many, many millions of us are going through. And that is so weird, isn't it? Yeah, that is just, that freaks you out. You go, wow, I couldn't even be myself. I mean, of what value am I to them then? They want you for your money, honey, right? Instead, it's much better, it's much better to become and blossom and grow beyond and become somebody significant, if to no one else, to ourselves. Yeah, because we have great value too. Not in a hedonistic sort of way, but just as the truth. That's true, John Rosbarski. The Tao that is spoken about is not the Tao. Yeah. Garrick, you study a lot of etymology yourself. Love words and old use. Me too, man. They're fun. I suspect that's one of the things that kind of... Uh, uh, turned me on to studying Hugh Nibley and some of the farm's materials because they have that onomasticon project and all that where they go into words and names and all that, you know. So there's always fun stuff to fun stuff to find. Esoteric heathen, welcome. I appreciate you showing up. The great thing about esoteric is no one can tell you how to interpret it. It's a personal journey. <laughs> there you go. That's kind of an interesting approach. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Studying etymology and syntax from Germanic to Indo-European Sanskrit can be tedious but interesting too. Yes, it can, Garrick. I know. Not that I've done a lot of it, but I, I've just barely touched on that. I've always wanted to do more of it. <laughs> oh, Mark Crispin, you're being obnoxious now. Left Mormonism, found my authentic self. Hats off to you, my dear friend, Dan Vogel, right? Isn't that crazy that you have to leave it to find your authentic self when in fact that should be the point of religion? The religio is the relinking of you to yourself and then to God, if that's what you believe in. So, yeah, yeah. The only way to be authentic is to not be in Mormonism. Well, then don't be. Yeah, because it's more important. It's a more vitalizing uh, way to live for you, you, yourself, your family, people around you, your neighborhood, your city, your country, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, why in the hell aren't we allowed to be authentic is utterly beyond me. Yeah. But you got to fake it with, oh, hi, how are you today? Oh, I'm so glad to see you. You all know that issue. Yeah, you've seen people like that in the church. Just drives you crazy. It's obviously an act of fake performance, and it's all stupid. It's unnecessary. That's why so many of them don't really have true friends. That's why we have to be patient with those who are coming out of it and love them even more because they really don't have true friends and they don't know what, how to be one, right? So there are a lot of people who do need help. Absolutely. Yes, we are, Mark. We are lucky to have Dan with us. Uh, Elisa says, it's like the original version of Cinderella where the stepsisters cut off parts of their feet to try to fit the glass slipper. Wow, what a great analogy, Elisa. That is, that is really good. Yeah, I mean, they go so far as to cut off body parts to make sure that slipper fits. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's really good. That's a great point. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 no kidding. <laughs> Visiting teachers, the spy squad. Yeah, so was home teachers. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's see. You know, I... I hate to do this, but I I think I've kind of shared enough. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually getting tired again. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not tough enough to go for two hours. Uh, I really do apologize for cutting this short. We've been an hour and twenty minutes, so that's that's pretty close. But uh, I am somewhat tired, and I am going to try to make it to work tomorrow. But no guarantee. I'll probably get to work and then have to come back home and sleep the rest of the day. But uh, 
I, I think I am going to say thank you so much for coming on. And, and I do appreciate all your guys' comments and ideas and your wit and your wisdom and your knowledge. I love how you share it with us. I love to uh, be involved with this chat family here as well as over on Mormonism live and all that. So, but uh, yeah, I, uh, well, thank you, Mark. I, yeah, there is a reason to apologize. So yeah, Elisa, I think I am hitting my limit. I'm feeling kind of tired and I, I really, well, thank you, Patty cake. I, I do feel like I got to quit. Uh, apologize so anyway so uh oh i envy you dan vogel yeah mike mcquart he's a cool guy too isn't he he is so awesome he's a good old boy he really is yes i will rest and take care of myself and uh so let's uh Lost from 32. Love you too, buddy. I appreciate Yeah, day of rest. There you go. <laughs> uh, it's time to pamper myself. Hey, Angie Jones, thank you for making it. Welcome. Uh, well, I, I, I very well may. No kidding. No kidding. Uh, well, thank you, Peter Higgs. I, I'm glad the free-for-all works. I'm, I know my audience wasn't as big, and that doesn't matter. It's not about the size of the audience. It's, uh, yes, it is, Willie. Religion is a barrel of laughs, too. But, yeah, it's fun to do a free-for-all anyway. Uh, but uh, I am going to call it good. I appreciate all you guys showing up. Thank you for your generous donations of your time, your money, your talents. Uh, don't forget me at the uh, backyardprofessor.org. Uh, if you want to donate directly to me, that would be the place to go. Yes, your donations help here. I'm not complaining about it. There's no reason to ever complain or argue or whatever. It all works out in the end anyway. But uh, thank you for all of your love and support and help and friendship and having laughs with me as well as giving me insights. You know, I think that's what makes this the most fun is because some of you guys recommend authors for me to look up and I'm just intelligent enough to do so. And voila, another door opens and I get to learn some more and study some more. And I'm going, yes, I love this. <laughs> I love learning more. So it's all fun. So Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got to quit. Thank you, Lamb Chop. I appreciate that. Good effort. Rest, rest, rest. Remember, keep After Effects under control. Yeah, yeah, that's why I've got to. I'm done. I can't, I can't keep my eyes open anymore. So, okay, I'm going to call it good. We're at an hour 22. I appreciate all of you. Remember next Sunday night, 6 o'clock, I'm going to try to pick back up on this. Uh, uh, what was I lying about? What subject was I? Oh, no, I was telling the truth about the lack of archaeology in the Book of Mormon. <laughs> yeah, 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 Nephi, or uh, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, Nephi, where art thou? I mean, besides in the Apocrypha. Did you know his name is in the Apocrypha? Isn't that crazy? Wow. <laughs> Fun stuff. Okay, man. 
Okay, you guys, I'll see you Wednesday night, hopefully, on Mormonism Live. And uh, I'll see you next Sunday at 6 o'clock, and we'll have some more Book of Mormon archaeology, or lack thereof. In the meantime, remember, do well, have fun, be good, stay happy, stay happy, be happy. And that means be nice to others, even in your family, to some of those members that you just can't get along with, try just a little bit harder try just a little bit. I know, I know, I know. I don't have any clue what I'm talking about. I really don't, but try it anyway. So anyway, thanks you guys. I gotta go. This is the BYP signing off, wishing you all a great time. Thank you so much. Great to see you. I'll see you again just shortly. Yeah, baby.